So anyway, this oh, week like button clicks to start as well. Yeah. Apparently. Oh, I was going to trick you. You were going to try and trick me, but I almost got my story in, and that's all I need. Oh. Well, that and to tell the fact that this week I discovered, ladies and gentlemen, that if you order a certain specific pizza, I'm not going to tell you what the pizza has to be, but it's eight toppings. If you order those exact eight toppings, no cheese, what will happen is you actually call forth a very, very small succubus. And that succubus will try and have sex with your body. It's not of your volition. You don't want to have sex with a succubus. It's very young. It seems almost childlike. But the police will not take that as evidence. They will not take those facts. They will arrest you, and that child will testify against you. So, just in case you're wondering, the pizza... I'm not going to tell you what the eight ingredients are. I'm going to tell you what one ingredient is. It's rohypnol and lollies. That's two ingredients. I'm sorry I lied. Just don't order that particular pizza, because you will summon a succubus, a very young succubus, Below the legal age, regardless of where you live on the earth. Isn't that that £500 pizza they've got at Pizza Go Go? It doesn't cost £500. It's like, okay, trip to the pharmacy and 15 quid. Then another 18 for the pizza. Okay. Okay, I've already given you two of the toppings. I'm not going to give you the rest. You have to buy the lolly separate, crush them up. You take a towel, you take a hammer, you put them in the towel and you crush them. I'm not going to tell you anymore. Why am I giving you this story? This This is the end of it now. But I'm not... No, because I've already testified in court. They found me innocent. They knew it was a demon. The demon had parents. The parents lived up... We were fairly close to you. But that's besides the point. That's besides the point. Pizza Go-Go. Five out of ten. All right, next. Was it a stuffed crust? <laughs> yes. It was a stuffed crust. You have that's to go good. for garlic and cheese. That's, that's four right. ingredients to go and someone's going to get themselves a succubus. I like stuffed crust. <laughs> Just don't order it with mushrooms. Oh, God, what am I doing? You're only three ingredients away from getting a succubus in your house. No. You do have to leave the door open. You have to play kids' music. <laughs> You've got to leave a trail of them and them to I don't have any door. kids' music. Do you not? No. Justin Bieber works particularly well, but only in the years between 2006 and... I. What am I doing? What? I did not commit a crime. The courts found me innocent. And... All right, Ian Watkins. Um, <laughs> How do you know my real name? You can't say it three times because I, I transform. Wait, would music of steps work? <laughs> Welcome to Crit Apocalypse. I actually made Aunt Martha in the intro for the first time in the entirety of us doing it. You look so unhappy with yourself. <laughs> that was fun. All right. Okay. Welcome to Crit Apocalypse. This is episode... 42. 40? Fuck, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Neither of us have been arrested. No. Neither of us have died from some horribly sexually transmitted disease. No. I haven't died from alcohol poisoning. Give it time. (laughs) Yeah. A week? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, we've been doing this for over a year now. Well, that, was, that was a long time ago. We yeah, we've almost been doing this for two years now. Yep. Folks, you appreciate it out there? Mm. Virtual land? Is anyone listening? <laughs> Hello? No. <laughs> so what do we do, Ant? Tell the people. Their eager ears are awaiting your liquid love. Um, review things. Four things each. You go first. Jesus, I almost choked on my alcoholic beverage. Let me quickly... Get all of that in those lips. Is that alcoholic beverage inverted commas? <laughs> no, it's actually it's actually quite alcoholic. It tastes awful at this point. It's energy drinks, seven up, and vanilla liqueur. It's twenty eight percent though, so not the drink. The drink's pretty 
Probably only like what? 12% of this point because I've added other stuff. That's disgusting. I think so as well. You should review a thing. Alright, so my first review this week is going to be a big one. It's going to be a particularly new game. Um, I'm sure everybody's been waiting with, with anticipation for our review of it. It is Quantum Break, released two months ago. Two months ago? Yeah, it's around there, isn't it? Shh. I don't know. Can't remember. No? It's not on Xbox One, isn't it? I don't know what's on Xbox One. Uh, anyway, Quantum Break. It's a game in which you control, t- control time. It's much like Alan Wake in terms of movement and mm-hmm. how everything works. Mm-hmm. One thing that's slightly irritating, Alan Wake. So, Alan Wake, you had your torch and it was an active thing so that when you lift up your gun, the torch beam would focus on what you were looking at and you'd be able to fire within that confines of the torch. Yeah. Beam. Uh, Quantum Break, slightly different. You've just got a targeting reticle and that targeting reticle will get bigger the longer you hold down a button. So if you've got a machine gun, you hold it down for the entirety of the clip, it's going to get wider and it's going to be more, like, well, less accurate. Yeah. The problem is that it shoots outside of that circle, so it doesn't actually indicate where you will shoot. It's just like a percentage reticle. All right. And that's kind of hard to gauge percentage when it doesn't cover the area that your bullet spread will cover. Just don't hold the button down. I know you're not meant to hold the button down, but you know in those situations where someone's close to you and they're within a couple of meters and you're trying to gauge whether your bullet's going to hit or not, that reticle will show you that they're going to hit because it only goes to a certain height, a uh, certain size, and then the bullets just go all around them and they're like, they're like, uh, Jules and, uh, well, you're like Samuel Jackson and, uh, John Travolta in, 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 Jules uh, and, Jules and Vern. Jules, yeah, sure. Jules and Vern. <laughs> but, um, but all in all, it's, it's a good game. It's very, very good looking for an Xbox One game. Now the reason I say that Xbox One game, the reason yeah. I say that is because I've both got a PC and a PS4. Yeah. Of all of those things, the P the PC is one. It's always going to be the best way to play games. Yeah. Even a gaming laptop like the one I've got that's uh, like a year and a half, two years out of date now, it's going to be better than an Xbox One just because yeah. that's that's how it works. And a PS4, a PS4, there are games like Bloodborne, there are games, even games like Resident Evil. I've got Resident Evil the remake. I've yeah. got a long time ago on the PS3. It's transferred over to PS4. I can now put that on the PS4. Has it got crossplay? I think so. Should, must I should do. actually go through my PS4 games and see if any had crossplay on the download ones. It must do because I've actually got it. Yeah. And I only paid for it on the PS3. But it's a, it's a great game. It looks really nice. It runs really smoothly. And it makes me remember why I love Resident Evil because they've tried really hard to make me forget why I love Resident Evil. Yeah. I've Resident Evil 6 and stuff like that. But um, Quantum Break is, it shows what the hardware can do. And there is another game we're going to review later on the Xbox One that, again, will be a hardware showcase for the Xbox One. It's a really good console when utilised, but I just don't think anyone's utilising it because it's different than the PS4. And Microsoft aren't really hell-bent on exclusives like like Sony are. No, no. There's, there's, some, there's stuff like um, Forza Horizon. Do you remember when their exclusives were a Halo TV series and an NFL app? Yeah. Um, they spent half an hour explaining well, the NFL. The happened. thing about Halo Guardians is, I reviewed Halo Guardians a few months ago and I gave it a fairly, fairly good review. Mm. It's a great looking game and it's really, really tight. Mm. It's a really good game. And there are things like Halo the Master Chief Collection, which again I reviewed on here. You can pick that up for like 15 quid now. That is, that's a great deal for remastered Halo games. Yeah. Even just Halo 4 in its own remaster is great. It's 1080 bit. 60 frames per second is great. Ooh. But, back to Quantum Solus. Um, Quantum Solace. <laughs> I thought you'd, I thought you'd catch that. Quantum Break. Quantum Break is, uh, it's the first merger between a game and a TV show successfully because the TV show is contained within the game. Unlike something like, say, uh, what was the other one? Defiance. Yeah. 
Defiance was an MMO that had TV elements, and you'd meet people from the TV show, and the TV show would reflect changes in the environment. Just shit. No one played it. It's free to play in the end. Mm. Um, but with Quantum Break, there are massive chunks of video in between. And I'm not talking like Metal Gear Solid 4, where you had 90 minutes of cutscenes in the first 10 minutes of the game. Yeah. Somehow they defied the laws of time and physics and fit in more time of FMV than you actually experienced in your life as you watched it. No. What I'm saying is they just had a long-ass cutscene at the beginning and that shoe little robot and you want to just fucking crush it. You were done with life. You were done with Metal Gear Solid. But in this, what they've done is they've actually made a TV show with real actors. It cuts out of the action of the game and goes into these real actors acting in environments. Acting in environments. And it's really interesting. What's nice is they've got familiar faces. You've got people like... There's that Hobbit dude. There's a gay fella from X-Men. There's Littlefinger... No, not not the director, the actor. Oh. And then you've got Littlefinger, and then you've got Ellen Little Page finger. probably in there at some point. <laughs> Littlefinger. Littlefinger. Vince Vaughn. No, the guy from... What, why is Vince Vaughn Littlefinger? Because he's got a fucked up finger. Has he? Oh, no, I'm talking about Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. Oh, wasn't um, Game of Thrones. But uh, it's really nice to have those actors in there. It adds legitimacy to the acting. It makes it a little bit more real. You know, as opposed to somewhere you've got someone like... Uh, as much as Nolan North is good... Someone like Nolan North, if you'd see him in the street, you wouldn't recognise him. It's I would. recognise people. Shut I'd up. I'd hug you. him. Yeah, right. Whatever, you liar. He's nice. You're a liar. He's cuddly. You're, you're a goddamn liar. No, Nolan North's uh, awesome. Your vitriol is spreading out into the airways now. Oh. Anyway, I really like Quantum Break. It's not a great game. It's not Alan Wake. It doesn't have me on the edge of my seat. It doesn't have me wanting to play more as soon as I put down the controller. Alan Wake had that nice element of being almost like a Dean Coots meets Stephen King novel made into a game. Yeah. Whilst Quantum Break is 24 meets Prison Break, and then in between you have some Gears of War. All right. But with time-based elements. It's all time travel and stuff, isn't it? No, it's not time well, travel It's like you can slow time. time and There's some really cool powers in there. Hmm. Like, um... You do everything you can... with time. Not anything, but we can do some things. Um, let's break it down. So you played Prince of Persia. Yeah. So for the most of this review, I'm going to associate powers that you get in Quantum Break with Prince of Persia, just to make it easier to get visualisation in your head of what's going on. So Prince of Persia, if you made a mistake, you reverse time. Mm-hmm. In Quantum Break, you don't have the ability to reverse time if you make a mistake, but if you destroy something and it makes a bridge, yeah, you can destroy it, climb up, then reverse time on that select area, and then use the bridge. All right. You get it? If you have enemies running towards you, you can quickly touch the right bumper, and what will happen is a space will slow down. So like a Terminator 2, Arnie's coming in, All like right. that globe that he comes in with the electricity coming around yeah, it, yeah. about twice the size of that, you'll have that space to fire bullets. And what happens is those bullets will build up, their velocity will increase as they're, they're stuck on the edge of moving at normal speed and going into slow motion. Their velocity will, will build up because of the kinetic energy, because of the friction of that of that exchange in that in those particles in that area will build up and they'll glow yellow and then when that person comes alive it'll, for a massive impact it will fly through the globe in the space that it encompassed before it's really cool really smart really clever you've got like a grenade ability where you can build up your time particles and then you fling them and it causes an explosion out and what that essentially does is just it, it I'm guessing it just it speeds up that area very quickly but in a in like a in an expanding area so you've got like a marble size you throw the marble size and that marble gets larger into about a two-meter diameter. 
and that would cause everyone that's in that diameter to fly out, including items and explosions, anything else in that area is just going to... And it's, oh. it's really, really nice, really kinetic-looking, energetic powers, really interesting. They give a feeling of, of like, having almost godlike powers, but at the same time, you're so restricted in your environments. They're very small areas you get to shoot in. There's not a massive amount of exploration outside of do this puzzle to get to this room. You can sense this is here, so you know you need to get there. And then it all fits together fairly easily. It's, it isn't the next-gen game I was hoping. For all the hype that was behind it, it's not what I was hoping it to be. Yeah, It almost felt like this was the second son for PS4. That, that you know this this felt like their version of that this felt like you've got superpowers they're time based they're not electricity they're not light they're not whatever based this is what we've done we've taken that mold and we've transferred that to Xbox One we've made it our own but no it's not it's it's Alan Wake with powers but slower oh yeah they should give him ice powers they should have just done I, I don't know why they've done it this way it's very strange because this is this is a weird thing that happened. I don't know if anyone's going to experience this other than me because I don't know what your internet's like. But we use in the house because I've moved in with Van, not in a not in a cuddly way, in like a friends way, right? We high five. We don't hand job. Yeah, Dutch right over into it. Um, and uses Ethernet or Ethernet, depending mm. on how you pronounce it, to go to his stuff. I use Wi-Fi or Wi-Fi, depending on where you are. Um, and in terms of in terms of connection speed, mine's fairly up all right. It's fine for streaming, 4K. I've not had any problems. But for some reason, Quantum Break demanded more. And it kept juddering because all the video footage isn't on the disc. Because there's 70 gigs worth of it. On you Xbox can, yeah. it's 78.21 gigs. Blimey. And even with a 2 terabyte hard drive hooked up to my Xbox, which originally only had a 500 gigabyte hard drive, that is a fuck ton of space. So there's no point in downloading it. Do you guys watch an hour? What? It took about an hour to download. It's not. Room. It's not about downloading it. Hmm. It's about the fact that it's the space it takes up. Ah. It's way too much space. Game so I didn't download. But anyway, no. That's besides the point. The, my opinions of space and what space is worth and, and and real estate in a console were different from anyone else's. I assume that everybody else has a different opinion of that. My real problem is just that it's just a strange way to do a game. And mm. I can see they're trying to break the mold. I can mm. see that, but they're trying to break a mold that already exists. They're not going to someone who makes molds and go, "We need this mold." They're going, "All right, well, here's." We Adam. can only break a mold that already exists. Yeah, but you That's can the have whole someone of breaking the mold. Okay, so in manufacturing, you can have someone who creates a tool for you, which mm. is essentially a mold for applying a applying a liquid or a substance, so that you can make a specific item hundreds of times over. Mm. Okay, you make that mold to the specification. And you do exactly what that mold dictates. Or you can buy pre-made ones, or you can go go any route like that. With this, they've asked for something, they've got that mold, and at no point do they try and deviate from what you've already seen in trailers and things like that. At no point do they try and expand the ideas. Those ideas, sorry. Instead, what they do is they stick vehemently to that mold. They stick to the sides, they stick to the surfaces, they don't ever exceed it. They don't even try they don't You're mixing it. your molds here. But you know what I mean. Mold what I'm gets all over the place, man. It sticks to things. You get it on bread. It's gross. So anyway, they don't ever try and exceed your expectations. All right. It's it's a fine game. I mean, for the Xbox One, if you can pick it up for twenty quid like I did, great. 
that's that's at least a weekend's worth of entertainment and you get Alan Wake for free and Alan Wake the writer and all the other shit that came with Alan Wake yeah. you get all that stuff for free and that is really worth playing so few people played that game when it was out mm. it is so worth playing and you can do that now and you can get this other game the other game's fine I just I'm not as into it I'm finding myself I'm finding myself going and looking at my Xbox queue and I'm like I can play this I can play that I can play Dark Souls free again I can play more of Dark Souls 3. I can, I can start a new character in Dark Souls 2. I can, there is so much shit that I have on my Xbox now. I have free games as well. I can play the Deer God again. Right. Or I can go play Hands of Fate again or any of that shit. But instead, I'm choosing to play Quantum of, Quantum Break. I'm going to say Quantum of Solace on purpose. Then. Oh, by accident then. Oh, you smeg. Or I can play Quantum Break and it, I'm forcing myself to play it. I'm not, I don't want to go back. Oh well. Not every time. Like, I'll be in the right mood, and I'll be like, I could play Gears of War Judgment again, or I could play Quantum Break. I'll play Quantum Break, because it's newer. I've not played it before, but... It's still... That, that option's still in my mind. There's still better stuff out there. So, sadly, I have to give this a Matthew Modine. What are we going against Matthew Modine? Oh, well, love me against Matthew Modine. I love Flowers for Hell, Janelle. No. And Birdie. Yeah, great films. Matthew Modine, great actor. Nowadays, though... I'm sure if this came out when Alan Wake came out, if this was like two years after Alan Wake, I'd be all over it. I'd be like a Heath Ledger. It'd be that zenith that I'm looking for. It'd be the be the highlight of storytelling and acting that I wanted. Hmm. But because it's coming out at a point where we've got so many other options, because and that's not the game's fault. That's the problem. It's not the game's fault. It's just it feels like a dinosaur running in a horse race. You know what I mean? It just feels like something old, archaic, slow. Running against Wait, animals that have been bred to be quick. What dinosaur? Let's say... Some herbivore. Something that moves slow. Something that eats from trees. Dilopodocus. Is that a, is that one? Dip, Diplodocus. Diplodocus? It didn't exist. It was a Brachiosaurus. Alright, Stegosaurus then. They went that fast. Stegosaurus were quite fast. They're like um, rhinos, man. They could probably run about 30, 40 miles No, hour. wait, you think of the same thing. The ones on the ridges. The one on the mobile. Yeah, yeah, they're fast. They're ah, who gives a fuck? Matthew Modine. It's great from the 80s, maybe from the early 90s, but now it's just not as recognisable. It's not it's, it's not as distinct as it used to be. You wouldn't see a film and be like... If you were watching The Dark Knight Rises for the first time, you wouldn't know, and, and you were only like, what? The age of people that are now playing these video games? So, what, 18's the middle age? So you'd be born in, like, 2017? What? We haven't even got to 2017 yet. 2016? What? The, where's the date? <laughs> so you were born in 1998, and you were given something like this, and you watched The Dark Knight Rises. That's the equivalent I'm trying to make. If you were only very young, and you never had those films that we had growing up, films like Birdie with Nicolas Cage, and, hmm. and things like um, Flowers for Algernon, which is a TV, TV movie, which is unbelievably successful in the UK. Shit like that that people experience, you wouldn't recognise them in The Dark Knight Rises. You wouldn't even know who the fuck that was. It'd be just a cameo. And that's kind of what this is. It's just, it's like a cameo. It's like, it's like something that you, you're familiar with that just appears for laughs and then just disappears. It doesn't, it doesn't have any substance that I want nowadays in games. It doesn't have that feeling that I can go anywhere and do anything. And I'm not saying that all open world games are good because they have that feeling, but something like, something like Dark Souls where it feels new, it feels thrilling, this feels like advancement. Dark Souls feels new. Dark Souls 3 does. What, the third game in the series? Well, fifth game in the genre that they've made, but... Genre? Well, it is. It's like J-O-H-N-R-E. Genre. Oh, dear. <laughs> but anyway, Matthew Modine, all the way. What's I think that's a legitimate rating. He's got a funny-looking face. All right, leave him alone. He looks a lot like Carrie... 
It looks like what Mickey Rourke was trying to make himself look like. No, he looks like he looks like Carrie Ulyss if he broke his nose. Carrie Elways. Elways. Yeah. You mean Ulyss? Elways. As you wish. Yeah. Um. So you're done now, are you? I ended on a great Princess Bride joke, and you just go, "Oh, are you done now?" Yeah, fine. Well. I don't know. I didn't grow up with Princess Bride. That wasn't on telly when I was a kid. We had real films like Lethal Weapon. Yeah, I had Lethal Weapon. I just had a VHS. I've got a VHS in the cupboard somewhere. Why have you still got a VHS of Lethal Weapon? It was recorded off TV. I'm not going to get rid of that. That was free. You need to bin that. No. You need to get rid of the VHS. What are you going to do with VHSs? Get a VHS machine and watch them. But you don't even own a VHS. You don't own the media player to run the media you're hoarding. I have Lethal Weapon on Blu-ray. Would you like to watch it sometime? No, because it looked too good. I want to watch it on video. <laughs> and I want the real cinematic experience of fast-forwarding through adverts. <laughs> too old for the shit. Can't do blackface, man. Don't do blackface. I'm not doing blackface. I'm doing this. Why would the saxophonist be black, you bloody racist? Now, let me get back to this. Ah, saxophone I've got in my hands. That went bad, was it? It sounded like a deaf person trying to sing. I don't understand you, Now you're gone too far. Should I review something? Yeah, go for it. Before you mind. offend... I mean, what about the I deaf people listening? Genuine, that you fucking offended? genuinely lost my mind at this point, haven't I? Are you the teacher from Charlie Brown? You're having too much fun. Should I review? You're having way too much fun this podcast. Should I, should I review? I don't understand why this is entertaining thing. for you. You're smiling. 22 minutes in. Yeah, should go I, for it. Yeah. I watched season 11 of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It was really good. It's only 10 episodes. And uh, even though they managed to do two episodes this season where they purposely repeat storylines from previous seasons, they get away with it. And it was a really good show. Wait, what's, which two episodes? You the think? first two episodes of the series. They're basically repeating two previous storylines on purpose. Wait, so season 11 starts with Boggs? Starts with Charlie McDennis 2 Electric Boogaloo. Oh, yeah. And then follows up with the episode where Frank bangs his head and thinks it's 10 years ago. Yep. And they just basically repeat history. I like both. the first one. I don't like the second one. I like the second one. Really? Wait. No, it was last season. Season before yeah. this. But, um, yeah, it's a really good series, and it's like, you know, they, they seem to have set up enough characters. They've got, like, almost a Simpsons level of characters in that show. Yeah, they are. <laughs> they're so point they've got, like, a stable of characters yeah. they can bring in. After 11 years, I guess. And they don't need to bring them back, all of them. There's, like, just certain ones that turn up. You know, you have one episode with cricket in it. Again, everyone loves cricket. Um, they keep, like, any storylines they never resolved in previous series occasionally get brought back up again. Like, never really establishing whether or not Frank is Charlie's dad or not. They try and avoid it yeah. as much as possible. I like the and, fact um, that last season there was the blood episode. They had like a bag full of blood and oh, a bucket yeah, yeah, full yeah. of blood. And uh, this episode, this series, there's no bloodletting. Yeah. There's no trying to get DNA. There's yeah. no trying to beg him to get DNA. They're just like, you know, I'm your your son. Yeah, that's kind of how they're going with um, it. Like that. Yeah, it was really it was a really fun series. They have the um, only one episode with the McPoyles in it, and they have the court case and Charlie's bird law. Oh my degree god, comes it's fantastic! I really want there to be a season mm. where Charlie. Every episode, he gets to win and gets acknowledged as winning. 
because the single shot Birdman style episode yeah. was that the season as well with the yeah, stool the, the stool where he's banging the stool every time they do a lap oh that was in the last series the last yeah, series. yeah 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 the God, season. I, they're all merging together for me because I've been mm. watching since season 3 yeah it's all sort of merging together this series um, the gimmicky episode this series was the one with first person view inside Frank's head yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, it was only like 18 minutes long like I like it though. Like, I actually really yeah. like that. So the waking up part is where he's reaching for the glasses and you've got a blurry yeah. vision. It's just like. Yeah. It's just like imagining Danny DeVito in a recording studio somewhere recording noises of him grunting and farting and stuff and burping yeah. for 20 minutes. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's, it's kind of phenomenal that 11 years in they're still managing to make brilliant episodes. Whereas The Simpsons had long since forgotten how to make good episodes by Series yeah. 11. <laughs> um South Park was probably hitting its real stride at Series 11 though, wasn't it? I suppose. Like, cause South Park was really, really immature and then they learnt how to write and then it got gradually better and they sort of hit a stride. You say they learned how to write. Those guys are... They were genius. You watch their early episodes and they're just, it is very basic. But yeah, their, their writing ability definitely improves a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they right. become more specific with the targets. Yeah. But um, yeah, always Sunny's excellent. This series, I, I really liked it. I want, I want next series, next June, next year, next January. What did you say your favorite episode was? Oh, in this series, yeah. I don't know. I didn't like the last two. I didn't like the what, second the boat one, and I didn't like the last two. The oh, boat the bo- one. <laughs> the boat one. That's I, um... brilliant when Mac finally comes to terms <laughs> yeah. with being gay. He does that earlier in the series, though. Yeah. My favorite episode of this series is the Leprechaun episode, the Irish. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Paddy wagon. Yeah, and it's like give us your wallets, give us your phones. Cause we know you'll call the police as soon as you're out, or yeah. you call a taxi, and then you'll get to the police station. We don't want that. So give us your wallets, give us your phones. That entire scenario, all that happens entirely because Mac wanted to get him to pay using an app. Yeah, and not because he didn't want to take money. If you're just taking money, no, no, no that no, wouldn't it's, happen. It's um, it's not Mac. It's um, Dennis. Dennis, yeah. yeah Dennis yeah, yeah. wants the app and it doesn't have any Yeah, Mac was busy to... going to um, the Rainbow Club. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Mac's like, at the end of the, rainbow, the rainbow, the yeah. Rainbow Club, the yeah. gay bar down on 5th Street. Yeah. I'll go down there. I'll find out. Guys, I've gone to the Rainbow Room. It's no like cold in glitter. I wanted you to do that. Why are you giving it? Not important. Okay, son. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like covered in glitter. Like... <laughs> Charlie's stuck in the middle with you and uh, he's dancing yeah. around the leprechaun. <laughs> he's drinking paint. Yeah. He's like, okay, Mr. Leprechaun, let's see if you bleed green. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. This is, that, that episode for me was an almost perfect episode. There are, um, the other one that springs to mind is last season, or maybe the season before actually, the episode that's got different segments as the shops being robbed. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they've got the up segment with Charlie. Yeah, so everything. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's another perfect episode. Yeah. Yeah, That's That's the one where, um, Dennis is trying to sell his 4x4 that that's, he's that's that last series as well he's yeah. like it's, it is a subaquatic vehicle it can survive this is, this a- is the guy who says he's going to buy it for his daughter yes yeah, <laughs> and he says no you don't this is not a first car this is a final car <laughs> oh this um, actually I like the suburbs episode as well hmm. oh yeah 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 yeah. that's brilliant I think probably my favourite episode like of Always Sunny in general is the Christmas special from years ago I fucking See, love the Christmas special. I like that episode, but it does overstay its welcome a little bit. I, I feel like I need that switch. Because I feel it could have been a good two-part episode if you'd focused one on Frank, one on mm. Charlie, and then have them have the meeting at the end, have them throwing rocks at the train and stuff, have them all <laughs> together at the end. Mm. Um, but, uh, God, I'm trying to think. Like There have been so many great episodes. The gang dances their asses off is the first episode where I was legitimately hooked to mm. always something. So all they were trying to dance as long as possible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and they've got the he he goes pride and he goes no it's pride you're, you're 
<laughs> you um God. He says, he's just like, your illiteracy has screwed us again, Charlie. Because he put down in the pride section, he goes, what are you proud of? And he goes, no, that's pride. And he goes, no, it's pride. Is that pride? Ah, you, your illiteracy has screwed us again, Charlie. Um, and just stuff like, anytime cricket's on screen, it's fantastic. It's like it's the Family Feud episode. Apart. Last season, the Family Feud episode is yeah. incredible. It's like, oh God, no, not that noise. With Dennis having a breakdown. <laughs> And Charlie being one of the people that they interviewed for answers. So every time he's asked something, he's like, dragons are rare meat that no one eats. Maybe you should say dragon. Like, no, dragons are... No, let's try dragons. Yeah. Show me dragon. Oh, for God's sake. And so he got Key from Key and Pill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Are you looking forward to Keanu? Yeah, if it ever comes out over here. Yeah. Still not got release date, has it? But, um, Yeah. Always sunny. Season eleven. It's it's ridiculous how they're still doing it. Your review. My next review is going to be. Let me just go to my list because I'm texting because I'm Stop a bad texting. host. I'm a terrible host, Anne. You know this at this point. The people listening know this. Turn at this off point. the vibration on your phone. I you don't can do know it how to subtly. turn it off. I don't know how to turn it off for the for the tapping. Yeah. I've tried and it just doesn't. Anyway, my next review is going to be an album. Because, I, you know, it's not like I review those ever. We're Chance- pretentious music critics. Now, are we? Shut up. Shut up. You reviewed oh. fucking toilet paper one episode. So what are you going to say about... No fucking- pretension whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. it was pretty pretentious. You know why? grounding us. You know you weren't. You were sitting on your lofty stool of toilet paper saying to people, look, this is what I hey, want my ass with. That- Shea butter. Who uses Shea butter? <laughs> who's, who's, who's one yeah, of those people? That's people the thing. That- it was a terrible toilet roll. It was a terrible toilet roll. I don't want Shea butter. Shea butter isn't good enough for my I'm not too sure about the quilted stuff Anne, now either. I am, I am, I am, I sit on the toilet of, of coconut... Coconut oil and, and, and puppies. You should try baby wipes, man. I said, throw the baby wipes. It's so moist. My mm. hands, my hands, ever. No, anyway, sorry. That, that was just stupid and exaggeratory. I'm going to review Chance the Rapper's new album, Colouring Book. Chance the Rapper. Do you know who is Chance that the Rapper what is? rappers are called these days? Chance the Rapper is a very young man who started a rap career when he was 19. He did very well with his first EP, which he released for free. And then he released a second EP, again for free. His newest EP, though, he has charged money for. Now, the first two are a catchy mix of music, not dissimilar to something like Childish Gambino in his early years. Slightly nerdy, slightly energetic, fun, frivolous rap. It's good for anyone, even if you're white like me, you can love it. That's right, I said it. White people shouldn't listen to rap because white people are about as ghetto as a fucking mushroom in the woods. That's right, I, I said it. I listen to Beastie Boys if I want. You listen to Beastie Boys, can you? Yeah, yeah. white boy rappers? Yeah. That's fine. Possibly the greatest rappers ever. No. Yes. So anyway, Chance the Rapper. He is a kid who grew up grew up in the streets. He didn't do well in school. He finally decided... Of course decided... not. <laughs> He's a rapper. <laughs> Doesn't mean anything. They're cool geniuses. What, like Wiz Khalifa? Oh, Dirty Bastard. Who's the one that everyone... Oh, yeah, that prick. Who's that twat with all the tattoos? Lil Wayne. I don't care about those people. Anyway. <coughs> Is he even a rapper? <laughs> no rap. So Chance the Rapper's first two EPs... Uh, not EPs, mixtapes. Uh, excellent. I can't recommend them enough. They're absolutely free. Mixtapes? They're absolutely free. You Do get... they come on tapes? They're absolutely free, <laughs> and you can get them on his website. He is very talented. Does he drop them? It is very evident through both those EPs. No, mixtapes. Sorry, Ant, you've got me self-conscious now. EPs. I can... can, Even though though it stands for extended play, which is a record term, Uh, I'm going to allow it. They're excellent. They're both... 
free and they're excellent. I can't recommend them enough. There are so many catchy tunes and just fantastic beats. If it's summer, this is the kind of thing you want to be listening to because it isn't, it isn't pretentious. It doesn't have that, that air of, air of money about it. It's not like your Jay-Z's now or your Beyonce's or any of those stuff. Oh, there's, there's a threshold for rap where the production value gets so high it sounds like shit. Well, no, there's a threshold where it gets so high that someone's going, I'm drinking Cristal with well, my cornflakes. Did you ever watch, um, listen to Roots Maneuver? And there's that point where he started making money yeah. and all his music just lost. It's it's the point that Tupac great. never got to because he was shot at 26. Yeah. 27. Yeah, well. yeah. It was good for him. Good good career move. But um, Chance the Rapper's new album is called Colouring Book and it's good. It is good. <laughs> because it's the thing he was reading at the time. <laughs> Racist. <laughs> um, it's a good album. It's actually a great album. The problem that I have with it is that there are now people like Kanye West on the album, and Kanye West brings him a level of pretension. He does bring that stuff that I wanted Chance to avoid, but is needed to exceed. It's needed to move on in your career now. You need to have your posse. You need to have someone there. You need to have someone produce you. I would love to see one rap album release that doesn't have the words featuring or with on any track. But there'll never be that because people, they support each other. It's like producers (laughs) in rock music. You don't know who's doing it, but it's never just produced by Mike White of the White Strat. It's all stuff like that. It's all people supporting each other and the rap the rap genre is even more that than anything else because it's a community the rap game and it's fantastic it's good in most instances it's good even Chance the Rapper's second album had Childish Gambino on it which is really weird because that's that's the comparison I He's give to most people a real rapper Chance the Rapper Childish Gambino Childish Gambino his name came from a generator on a Wu-Tang <laughs> clan website yeah. I like Chance. No, no, no. I like Childish Gambino very yeah, much. Yeah. He's he's some of his music is incredibly Donald raw. Donald Glover, he's good. Yeah, Donald Glover is incredibly raw, <laughs> but at the same time, it also I can associate with it because it has nerdy shit in it. Has yeah. stuff. They're not just talking about drinking Cristal while riding on the Viera <laughs> veranda. Riding on the veranda. You don't ride yeah, a veranda. You can. You, <laughs> you just, stand on the. You veranda. basically you get a boat and you. I mean, this one's called veranda. You have a boat. You can ride veranda. You have a ramp on your veranda. Yeah. And you have a boat, right. and the boat has treads. So you go woof, off into the veranda, Kick and into flips the like Tony horizon, Hawk. over onto the. <laughs> yeah. Kick and flips like Tony Hawk. There you go. Off the veranda. Uh, but anyway, Chance the, the Rapper's colouring book. It's good. There's a few elements in there that I didn't expect to hear because he mentions God. They all mention God. They like say thank God in rap music. They're like ah thank God every day I'm alive. And in this, there's a lot more God stuff in there. Stuff like blessings. Which is a good song, but it, it starts off with a very religious vibe, and I don't know if people have got this from me yet, but I don't know. So like in the scale of Insane Clown Posse's Miracles to anything by Creed, it sits tastefully in the middle. It's nowhere near Creed. It sits tastefully in the middle. It's nowhere near Creed. Yeah. But um, I absolutely like... Uh, well, I don't, I don't adore it. This isn't the best thing I've ever heard. This isn't Chance the Rapper's acid acid uh, tracks or or um, I think it was eight, nine days or something, eight days, I can't remember. Um, it's been a long time since I listened to his older stuff just because I'm constantly trying to find new music. I constantly want to listen to the newest stuff. I want to hear things that I haven't heard before. Oh, I can give you a rap album you've never heard before. Something weird as fuck. Is it? Is it Confessions by Ant? No. And it's all about how that pizza no. recipe it's came the album from you. 10 by Cloud Dead. <laughs> no. That anyway, album's amazing. Anyway, Chance the Rapper's Coloring Book. It's great. It's not as good as his other stuff. I really, really think that this is something I can get into, but I'm sort of... I've gone from being able to submerge myself in it fully to possibly dipping my toe on the next release. I won't be buying it straight away. I'm going to sell out. 
No, no, no. I don't think I'll buy it straight away. I think this time, because colouring book, I think I'll probably just dip my toe. I might read some reviews, listen to some YouTube music excerpts, mm. and then give it a go after that. But, you know, I'm not 100% yet. I used mm. to be 100%. I'm not now. This is a bit... It's not as good as it used to be, but that's what happens with studios and money and development. People take your music in a different direction. It's the thing, it stops being about, like, a struggle and a drama and starts being about, look at all the shit I got! I don't think that's what Chance is doing, but I feel like that could happen. <laughs> yeah, that's where it goes, eventually. They all end up It skirts a fine line. Um, it's a good job one of the Beastie Boys died before they freaking got too rich. Check, 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 check it out. Um, so I give this... Would you say he's sweet and sour like a tangerine? I like coffee and sugar and cream. Just drop uh, the music, just drop the whole scene, galactic, intergalactic planetary. Yeah. Intergalactic planetary, intergalactic planetary. Um, no sleep till. Um, okay. I give this a fairly strong, but you won't... Uh, this is a Chris Pat reciting Eminem lyrics? No, this is Sigourney <laughs> Weaver in Avatar. Oh. No, no, not like that. You won't, it won't bring you that same emotional high that, you know, she brought you in other films. She won't be as good as she was in Ghostbusters or Aliens or Alien. But she's still Sigourney Weaver, you know? Yeah. You still remember that stuff? Yeah. And she's not bad in Avatar. It's not bad. It's a pretty good film, kind of. She's good in it. It's a film that you're able to see with your eyes. I think it's one of those things where you're more convincing yourself that what you're listening to is still to your mm. taste. But I'm believing myself when I'm trying to convince myself. It's not like I'm going like, nope, I don't believe this whatsoever. None of this is true anymore. It's more like, I can get on board with this. I get this. I understand. So yeah, it's Sigourney Weaver from the last 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a really good film it. where she plays... I can't remember the name of the film, where she plays an older woman who a uh, young boy tries to convince he, everyone he's going out with. Heartbreakers? No, it's not that. That's got an amazingly bad Photoshop cover, though. That, uh, it does, yeah. yeah. It's Jennifer, it's Jennifer Love Hewitt's. I think it's Jennifer Love Hewitt's body twice, with yeah. Sigourney Weaver's head on one of her bodies. <laughs> um, right, my next review is one of the biggest games that was released over the last few weeks. This is Uncharted Fortune Hunters on mobile phone. Um, not, not some other game I've never heard of. Who knows? But Uncharted Fortune Hunters is um, sort of Sony doing a bit of a Hitman Go type thing, Tomb Raider Go, where they've basically taken a game we know for action and all sorts of other stuff and turned it into a puzzle game for some reason. Um, and your aim is to guide Nathan Drake through dungeons. They're like single screen dungeons with all these blocks to get to a treasure. And you have to shoot certain targets or hit certain buttons to open up paths. You get like turrets that fire um, darts out in intervals or spinning around and stuff and you have to time your movements around them and all this sort of stuff gets very complex very quickly to the point where I can't get any further in the game because the level I'm on is too difficult um, but the real challenge in the game is finishing the levels as quick as possible and as few moves as possible and when you do that you get a key and you can use the key to open a chest and what you get from the chest is bonus items for the multiplayer game on some other game that's out soon but now <laughs> that Nathan Drake's in that I've never heard of but um, yeah, it's it's a fun little game and it's free to play, like all the best mobile phone games are. Um, and yeah, you'll probably like it because it's a bit like you know Hitman Go, and you like Hitman Go. I like Hitman Go a lot. Yeah, it's 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 a fun game. No voice acting, that's a bit shameful. Um, but it's got like things you can unlock, 
kind of, you know, extra costumes and stuff in there. Not just for the multiplayer on Type 4, but for the game itself. Um, and there's like challenges to try and complete. There'll be treasures on levels, and you have to find these treasures and certain levels to unlock the later stages. Um, and yeah, there's microtransactions and stuff, but it doesn't really sort of push them at you. Like, you get crystals you pick up, which you can use to sort of continue from wherever you die. Yeah. So you, so like. So you can buy those. Yeah, but you yeah. pick them up as you play the game, and I've still not used one. Because it doesn't take long to just restart the level. You know, and I'd rather plan the level out and get it done properly rather than cheat like that. But I'm sure there's people who use them all the time. Um, but yeah, it's a fun little mobile diversion. Makes your phone heat up like crazy though. Jesus, kills the battery. The one question I have is a very mm. important question when it comes to this game. Um, can I change my outfits to chibi girl outfits? No. Can I, and this is, again, this is very important because the other question, it, not as important. Can I get angry on Twitter about censorship? I don't are think Uncharted has any of that. There's, it's not got a lady character in wait, it. Wait, wait, there are no eight-year-olds? No. Twelve? I'll go twelve. No, there's only there's only Drake. He's the only character who appears <sighs> in the whole game. I want you to understand right now that Nintendo are the company I deal with exclusively when it comes to games. Uh, because of Sony pulling stuff like this. Now, I don't know if you know this, but originally Nathan was 11, and his interest was 12. Uh... And back in back in originally, in Japan, when this was released, she was wearing nothing but a bikini, and she had quite a large bust. And I feel like that's integral to the story. So I don't... I, Are you I, sure you've not been going on booby sites again? 100% sure. I won't buy this game, I won't play this game, I won't buy a Sony product... Because hashtag censorship. Sony haven't done censorship. Nintendo are the ones doing the censorship. Hey, 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 hey. Don't you tell me what they've done to my video game. My story mode needs to have 12-year-old bikini big bust. I don't want you to tell me what I can have. I want you to tell me when I'm going to get my story mode. Hashtag censorship. Do you have a problem with what I want from a game? That's, but why did you get that from Uncharted? What I'm asking you... Is Xenoblade Chronicles? Yeah, they lost me as a customer because they had a twelve-year-old. That wasn't Sony, though. That was Nintendo. Just hear me out. They had a twelve-year-old. The story was about a twelve-year-old who had a very big breast. She had a bikini on, very small bikini, under boob, side boob, top boob. Integral to the story. Yeah. Agree or disagree? Yeah, very important to the story. You yeah. agree with that? Yeah, of course. It was. Good. It was very, very important. Why is My Uncharted Four in the UK and US not a prequel? From when they're 11 and 12, under boob, side boob, top boob. I'm sure top you can yourself. draw some fan art of Drake I, like if you want. I've drawn plenty of fan art. Laminate it first. I, I'm i not... This is my first rodeo. No. Lamination. No breathing, don't give a fuck, because I'm coming on the... But lamination is... I, I, I don't... You know, I don't need to tell you I'm a professional laminator. But what I'm saying to you is... When will my Uncharted 4 hit the UK or US? Never. But, no, but you're not giving me the answer I want. You should get a job at Naughty Dog and make sure it happens. I want I want you to understand, so, um, Dynasty Warriors has a character that's eight years old. I don't think he does. Side boob, under boob, top boob. Eight years old. Bikini. Integral to the story for me. I, I can't tell you why it's integral to the story. I can't. I can't do this. I can't say to you why it's integral, but it's integral to me on a personal level. 
Project X. Have you heard of Project X? Yes. It's a camera game. There's ghosts. You have to survive. Yeah. They attack you. It's a physical attack. They hurt you. I need my characters. Now, I need you to, I need you to look me in the eye. I need you to focus right. really carefully. I need you to, I need you to understand what I'm saying. I need my characters. Side boob, under boob, top boob, bikini. Because, best way to dodge a ghost attack. Ghosts yeah, are scared. Ghosts yeah. are scared of boobs. And that's what they got wrong in that new Ghostbusters film, isn't it? Yes, Lisa no. McCarthy's that's... not showing side boob and under boob. Like... But she's also, she's also, I don't want to say the right age. But I'm saying the right age. She's not 12. Oh. Okay. Project X, they made her older. Side boob, under boob, top boob. No, none of that. No bikinis. Structurally, that doesn't make sense to me. Plot-wise, don't make sense to me. I want I want the original vision. Okay. When am I going to get that? Um, He's in Avengers. <sighs> you review your next thing. I'm selling my you. wasted all this time. I am going to review Legends of Tomorrow season one. Oh, why oh, you know? <laughs> Spoiler free. It better be because Ant hasn't seen. He doesn't know that someone dies. Of course he do. Who dies? All of them. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> you think their enemy is time? In it's general, gonna, it's going to be a hundred series. No. Anyway. So, Legends of Tomorrow finished in America yesterday. It was a fairly interesting ending. I liked it. I didn't like a lot of episodes. I'd say out of the 16... Is it 16 episodes of this series? Saw that, yeah. Out of the 16 episodes, I liked seven. Out of those 16 episodes, I liked Wentworth Miller in almost every episode. Although I could do with less of the sideways smile, Wentworth Miller. you Your character doesn't know where the camera is. Don't stop playing that game. He knows where the camera he is right now. He knows where the camera is. I started to become affectionate towards Mick. I like Mick. Yeah. I don't like Ray. I don't like Kendra. I don't like How Carter. I do you like Ray? No, so you defended one of those three characters. I like Brandon Ralph. I like Ray. I Carter just looks like, like he's got Down syndrome. I don't like the puppy dog thing. I don't like Carter. I don't like Kendra. I don't... I How do you not like Kendra? Have you seen the shape of her face? You can tell you haven't been late in a little while. She's lovely. <laughs> I don't like the hawk people, and it's not racism because I like Jax and he's black. And I like Harrison and he's old. Mm. And I like Rick and he's English. Self hating English guy. Get over it. In terms of the series though, it's fun, it's an adventure. It's not as good as The Flash, it's not as good as The Arrow, even on The Arrow's worst series. It's way too up and down. They've tried to do too much with too little time. Pun intended. They are an interesting program because they are defined by side characters, but now that Supergirl is part of the CW world... Sort of. We're now going to have... Well, no, she's moved on to the CW. She's now... They've confirmed that they're going to have a four... Four series. They're going to have an event every year that's every series coming together to fight an enemy. Did you not hear about this? What? So, CW's plan is they now have Supergirl, they're going to have The Flash, they now have Arrow, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they now have Legends of Tomorrow. supposed to be doing like a movie thing. So every year, yeah. annually, there is going to be an event that has all four seasons, all four series coming yeah. together to have an event. Yeah. Cataclysmic event. And Avengers every year. They were not as good. Some sort of Justice Society thing. Justice Society of America. Rip Hunter's son. Maybe not. Comes back. Mm. Anyway, that's that's my review for uh, Legends of Tomorrow. It's pretty that, good. 
Is that I'm not it? gonna. Is I'm it? not gonna. I'm not gonna talk about anything interesting too. Too early. I like the episode when they're in the 1950s and and um, he becomes a bird monster. No, and thingy kisses the lesbian nurse. That episode was directed by Joe Dante. Really? Yeah, that's why it's probably one of the best episodes. Is that one? Yeah, it's kind of you know it's one of those series that I think that if Kevin Smith had done that instead of the Flash, it would have made more sense. That felt like a Joe Dante thing. It felt like a Joe Dante thing because yeah. said monsters yeah. at the 80s. And it, it's kind of yeah, it was style like, monster movie stuff. Yeah, it felt like those um you know the episode the sillier monster episodes. Yeah, I just wish they had more practical effects. Yeah, because all the digital effects cost more money, but yeah. they're not as good. But I like there's this whole series with Vandal Savage that finally we got Vandal Savage on screen and he's done quite well. I how many think. episodes have you got left before you're at the end? I don't know. I can't, I've still got what was the last episode one. you watched? Last week's one was the Wild West one. About halfway through, isn't it? Yeah, you got yeah. about six episodes left. Jonah Hex was a bit growly. <laughs> yeah, and also not not enough scarring. Yeah. But that's TV. Yeah. That's the problem. And also Constantine. Constantine could totally be a member of the Legends of Tomorrow. Why don't they use that? I as a think there's something like with Constantine. They only had a one-time deal thing. Cause no, they can bring him in now. There's something like um, the the rights to the Constantine show is owned by some other network. And yeah, but they they passed that's why on they it. only did a one episode thing. But they passed them. Mm. So why can't they pick up the rights? And apparently, to do... it's still they're still like not finalised. Just pay them part of it. Mm. It doesn't matter. I like Constantine. I like him as well. Like, really good. It's actor. a bit silly. He's been brought back in in Arrow because like when you're dealing with magic and Damien Dark and. Damien Dark's like someone Constantine's tangled with a bunch. Yeah. Like, it seems a bit odd to not bring him into that more, but it's it was a, cool to have him in one. It's episode. okay, because Hellblazer has always felt like a companion piece to Preacher, mm. and Preacher's out on Sunday. Yeah. I'm really excited. I'm yeah. really fucking excited. There's, I, there's apparently there's a trailer with Seth Rogen playing all the characters. Really? Yeah. Oh, I couldn't that? watch it though, it wouldn't let you show it in the UK. Watch it in the UK, so you have to use <laughs> a VPN or something to get around no, it. No, you don't. Or just find a YouTube channel yep. to re uploaded it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, Legends of Tomorrow, it's, it's, yeah, problem- I heard it gets a lot better in the second half of the series because they kind of reveal there's a reason why they keep failing. Like yeah. it's, like it's, cause that's one thing that I thought was kind of funny is that they make everything worse for the yeah. whole first half of the series. My biggest issue with the series is that they haven't embraced the space and the time shit enough. Yeah. Because every time they go and fight someone, it's always in Shipyard that looks a lot like Star City. It's cheap to, yeah. cheap to film it. Outside a museum. There's only four locations in Star City where everything happens. Yeah, it's like a museum <laughs> that looks a lot like Star City, oh, but from a different angle. Star City and Central City have the same hospital. Yeah. <laughs> You'll start... It, and it's it's a it's a habit of budget, I guess. Yeah. But it's it happens. It really irritates me, though. That hospital's my favourite crossover character in the whole Arrowverse. That one room that they're always in. Oh, well done, you pleb, dropping what? your friggin' yeah, phone on the floor. floor. Um, but in, in regards to this, I give it a solid... Snake. I don't know, Snake. Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland? Mm. I don't really like Kiefer a lot Sutherland of Kiefer Sutherland shit. Like, have Dark you seen City? Mirrors? Mirrors is alright. That's Alexandre Ardra, man. That dude knows it's his not horror. A good film. It's not a good film. Maybe it's you just don't film. understand it's it. It's not a good film. But, um, it is a yeah. good film. Are you ready, Kiefer Sutherland? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Your review, Ed. Okay, well, I'm going to review... I don't want to end this podcast on a downer, so I'm going to review the slightly downer one now, and then I'll end with an upper at the end. All right. A roofie. Um, my next review is for X-Men Apocalypse, which I did saw with my eyeballs yesterday. Feel free to go into spoilers, because I don't give a shit. I'm not going to spoil it, because I don't think it's out in America yet, is it? 
Okay. Nothing's out for another week. But um, yeah, it's right. Okay. So all the X Men, all the Marvel films, and all the superhero films, they they're having their big grand finales now, aren't they? They've all got to have something falling out the sky, or some shit being blown up into the sky, or buildings being destroyed, and that's why we got Civil War eventually. Um, the X Men films have never really been like that. Like probably the largest scale thing to happen in an X Men film so far was Magneto moving the bridge. No, stadium maybe in Days of Future Past. What was bigger? Moving the stadium towards the White House in Days of Future Past or moving the Golden Gate Bridge? Well, X-Men 3 doesn't actually count as an X-Men film, so... Oh yeah, it's been a from history. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll explain to you some stuff on that. In, you know, some funny things that... Is, um, there may be some light jabs at X-Men 3 in this film. Really is Beast Kelsey Grammer again? <laughs> no, no, no. He wasn't, that wasn't him in the end of... Um, Days of Future Past. It was yes, a it was. body. No, it was a body double, and Kelsey Drummer just provided the voice. In that one bit. <coughs> but um, yeah, they um. <coughs> what? Yeah, so, I'm dying. So with this one, they've got Apocalypse, yep. and Apocalypse. His main mo is wiping clean the earth, taking over. He wants to rule everything. Blah blah. blah. That's what he wants to do in this film. Yep. Um, and he's going to do it with his four horsemen. Yep. And all this sort of stuff. And do they get associated powers to their. But he basically unlocks their full potential. Oh. Yeah, as it were teaches Magneto how to tap into the metal that's inherently in all rocks and all the earth and everything um, but yeah it's it's like they've gone for a big grand epic disaster porn finale thing which isn't what X-Men films usually are but I give them credit for having the first X-Men team film that didn't have a secret base or something at the end that's nice um, the main problem with the film is the first hour takes forever to get going. And it's not because important stuff to the plot isn't happening. It's telling the things it needs to tell. The problem that's coming along is that there's so many new characters in this film that the first half of the film feels like everyone's recruiting someone. Wait. New. Well, it's, it's you know, we, we, we never actually got the very first introduction of Scott Summers, did we? We never got an origin of Scott Summers. An origin of a whole bunch of characters in the old X-Men films. They're already adults. So that's where it comes in this one. They've got Cyclops, Jean Grey, Nightcrawler, Angel, Psylocke, Storm, all this sort of stuff. Um, but for the, yeah, for the first half of the film, some character somewhere is recruiting someone for the whole first hour. Mm. Um, but, you know, eventually it kicks off and there's a sequence halfway through the film where the shit hits the fan and as, I mean, it's not really a spoiler because this is inevitable in every X-Men thing. The X-Mansion gets blown up. And that gives an opportunity for Quicksilver to have a sequence like he did in Days of Future Past, but on a much bigger scale. Um, set to Sweet Dreams by the Eurythmics. Nice. So wait, on a much bigger scale? The only videos I've seen are in a house. Well, you remember in Days of Future Past, you have the sequence where the guards fire the bullets at them in the CIA room, and then Quicksilver puts on his glasses, runs around, timing a bottle plays, and he beats up everyone and has some fun while they're doing it. This is basically him saving everyone in the X-Mansion as it's exploding. So everything's moving in slow motion. He's doing stuff like pick, scooping up a load of water in a glass, chucking the fish in it and giving it to a girl and launching her out the window towards some mats he's put outside. Yeah. So she'll fly out and land on the mats with the glass of the, uh, the thing. Um, nice. He's having fun. Like He goes up onto the roof and there's one guy who's trying to kiss a girl and she's like, you know, looking like, oh my God, disgusted at his tongue face coming towards him. Mm. And he like just launches them both into the air in the direction of the swimming pool. So, but um, Sweet Dreams, not really a song that like fits a sequence like that, but it is a great 80s song, so I'm going to allow it. Um, 
that that is like a really cool sequence that plays out. Um, it kind of when he picks up Beast, like it's in Nicholas Holtbo, it kind of looks like he's picking up a cardboard cut out of him because he's like stuck in the position he's in. Yeah, and he just goes dump like that, picks him up diagonally, and just runs out with him. <laughs> um, but yeah, Quicksilver steals the show a couple of times in that film. I think that Evan Peters is a much more interesting Quicksilver than Aaron Taylor Johnson was. Um, he's the only one who lands a punch on Apocalypse. Really? <laughs> yeah, quite a few of them. What Quicksilver? Yeah. He, so Apocalypse doesn't have the power that he does in the comics. He's got a lot of powers. It's they basically they keep it purposely vague. They basically go that. He was the first mutant, and he kept transferring his his spirit and all this into other mutant bodies. Yeah. So he'd take over their bodies so he can live forever, because his body would always age. Oh, right. But he'd so gain their powers as he goes, so he's, he's getting like, more he's, powerful. He's a bit like a leech mixed with um, worm. Well, it's kind of like Rogue, but without like sucking the life out of them. Like yeah. He goes into someone else's body, takes their powers, adds it to him. Mm. He can unlock other people's powers. You see, what the, you see what the powers are, but they never say specifically what he can do. Um, but he's he's sort of a bit... It reminds me of Ivan Ooze a bit. He just sort of walks around and um, does look a bit like Ivan Ooze. Um, there's some really interesting stuff, though, like the Morlocks are in it, never mentioned by name, but you they go to a, there's a place they go to where Caliban's there. Like, you remember Caliban? Nice. Yeah, and he's played by um, Thomas Lamarckie, who's like a really weird... You're, you've seen him in stuff. He kind of looks like the guy who played Zaz in Gotham. Yeah. Um, he's all wiry and weird-looking. Zaz is. Yeah. Like a, like a Doug Jones. Yeah, yeah, he's all that. He's, he's a strange-looking guy. Um, but it was nice to see Morlocks again done properly. Because the old Morlocks were like... In the cartoon, the original, originally the Morlocks were sewer, sewer dwellers. But nowadays, Morlocks are more sort of like a secret society of mutants when they could, if they ever involve them or anything like that. And that's what he's like. He's like Mystique's working for him, like basically rescuing mutants who are being persecuted and giving them new lives. Yeah. Um, but that's another thing where it's like she's recruiting mutants... Everyone's recruiting someone, um, but yeah, it, it sort of that's the thing. The first half of the film takes way too long to get going. The second half is like a f- pretty damn good action spectacle movie, but you haven't had a chance to get to know the characters properly. And in the second half of the film, you just kind of lose it a little bit, and Apocalypse doesn't do much other than walk around really slowly. I'm assuming. Yeah, he uses his powers a lot, but it's like, and he can do he multitask really well. Like he's he's dealing with all the X Men while he's in a psychic battle with Xavier at one point. Um, you get the origins of how Xavier loses his hair. There's a there's a thing. Um, but yeah, it's it's a decent film. It's not a bad film, but I would say it's definitely not X Men Origins or X Men Free Bad because it doesn't really like mess up anything too much. It's just poorly paced, way too much going on, but. Where it leaves off is really good. So, so it leaves off with a fresh start. Well, slight spoilers here. Um, they've essentially left it so that they can do the 90s X-Men from now on. Da, 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 yeah, the best da, one. Da, da, which is the golden age of da, X-Men. Da, 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 just pull it out in the middle of the podcast and da, mess up the friggin' video. Da, 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 Are you done? Yeah. Okay. Jubilee. Right, okay. So you're done. Magneto. You're done. Okay. That's good because I just muted all that. Right. 
So yeah, it uh, it leaves uh, off with the team finally having superhero costumes. Like Brian Singer's finally stopped being ashamed of superhero costumes. No, Brian Singer's finally got that cord, and that means he can go near schools. No, um, but yeah, so you, it's it's a fun, decent film. Is you it Brian Singer that was accused of brilliant. fucking children? No, well, young, young eighteen-year-olds, wasn't it? No, younger than that, wasn't it? He nah. went to those parties with those fucking children. No, no, no. It was something about an eighteen-year-old. No, it was younger than that. It was, it was about fucking. Oddly, children. got thrown out of court or something. But oh, did he get thrown out of court? Yeah. Oh. It's not the first time it's been thrown up against him, that thing. No. But, um, yeah. Interesting. It's like, so X-Men Apocalypse, it's watchable, but not not amazing. Nowhere near as good as the other films. Yeah. Oh, Days of Future Past, I think, is great. X-Men think 2 is the best. Yeah, quite. I think X-Men 2 is the perfect film. Yeah. Because that's the thing, it has a personal thing going on. It's got personal stories running through it. It's got all the characters using their powers. Yeah. It's got everybody working towards a common goal. Alan Cummings as Nightcrawler, one of the best <sighs> opening sequences in a superhero film ever. Oh, my God. Like, I watched that the other day, and it's like that's a genuinely brilliant action sequence where they've gone, What can this character do? Let's do everything with him. I like it. Yeah. It's a really. Who's your favourite X Man? I don't know, man. I used to really like um, Generation X characters, but it's not. Like, I always liked Chamber. Do you remember Chamber? No. He had a big old nuclear fusion reaction going off in his chest, and no teeth. He had no lower half of his mouth, and he had like a big explosion going off in his chest constantly, he could fire nuclear blasts out. The green guy. No, no, no. He's a British guy. He's um, got a really stupid, um, poorly spelt name, Aaron something. I can't remember what his English name, his name is. But he, when the whole House of M thing happened and every mutant lost his power, he almost dies and he gets given like a cybernetic chest and mouthpiece, and he became another character. Changed the his House name. of Men, House of M, just made it so the X gene didn't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah. She had no more mutants and yeah, it should have healed him. Yeah, no, it it stopped his mutant power from being a thing. No, because everybody else it healed. No, it got rid of all their powers instantly. Yeah, no, it healed them. That's why it, it made a completely different universe. Hmm. So House of M, what happened was Scarlet Witch and... Who was the other one? No, Scarlet Witch and someone else. But it she, was off that, though, because they fixed it, didn't they? And then it went back and there was less mutants in the world. Like, loads of mutants lost their powers after the... Yeah, but that's all just because Marvel yeah. don't own the rights to X-Men. Yeah, so, like, most of that's to do with the fact that Warner Brothers still own the rights to X-Men since 2001, Fox. 2009. Yeah. It's earlier than that. It's a boy in the 90s. Yeah. So they've owned yeah. the X-Men this whole time and they've been making films. And yeah, been... but it, when when they rewrote the universe and they got it back to what they thought was going to be normal, there was only, like, 1,000 mutants left, weren't there? Yeah. And, and they weren't going to wear the All the ones had their memories from before. Yeah. But they just lost their powers. And he was one of the ones who okay. lost his power and his nuclear fusion went off. And he just had like an open chest. Don't know, don't know. Sounds sounds like yeah. something, but I can't remember. Anyway, uh, so that's your review. Yeah, you like it. It was it's watchable, but it's not brilliant. And it's the third like best superhero film released so far this year. We're the three best friends. We're in. That anyone could. Have. We're in May, and we've had four superhero films already. Oh, one of them was fantastic. And in next week, in a week and a bit, got Teenage Mutant Turtles, which I class as a superhero oh, film. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's still that's still superheroes. Sylvester Strange, uh, Sylvester yeah. Strange, Doctor Strange later in the year. Yeah, Suicide Rocky Squad. Rocky Strange. I Suicide think that's Squad it, is going to be awful. There's nothing else, is there? Um, I think that's it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that is it. Blimey! Wait, Wonder Woman. That's is next that year. year? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Well, my last review is going to be. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 Dragnet. Doom 2006. Oh, not Dragnet. Doom. <laughs> For the Xbox One. It's fairly good. 
very fast. It's very high paced. Is it violent? Very violent. Nice. Lots of kills. Can you see what's going on in it? Yeah, lots it's of murders. It's an improvement over Doom 3. Yeah, lots of murders. <laughs> lots of bright, hellish environments. Yeah. It's great. Considering, like, one thing I like in this Steam game I've watched so far, considering it's set on Mars, which is red, yeah. and it's got demons, which are traditionally red, you can yeah. still see what's going on. Very well, in yeah. fact. Um, I really, really like it. Yeah. I really like Doom 3. I like Quake 4. Hmm. I like a lot of stuff that ID Software have done, like Rage. Id. <laughs> it's not a capital I and a D it's a small I and D it's it anyway I really like <laughs> a lot of stuff they've done and Doom is just another item to that long list of things I enjoy that they make really into it yeah really into it yeah I've heard um, some people saying it kind of feels a bit like they've mashed Doom and Quake together it feels like they've mashed Doom yeah. and Serious Sam a little bit yeah. together, but with... It's got a sense of humour, hasn't it? Fewer enemies yeah. than Serious Sam. Yeah. More detailed enemies and some nice features. Like, I like the possessed people. Yeah. They have a hole in their head. That's inconvenient. Like they have a hole right there. They don't have eyes. They just yeah. have a massive hole in their forehead. So from their nose to the tip of their... to the top of their forehead, they have just a round hole. Um, Convenient. And their mouths. And as soon as I saw them, I was very much reminded of Constantine. Yeah. Well, the um, Keanu Reeves film. 2006 Keanu Reeves film, yeah. Um, and was it was in that? Sheila Booth's in that, isn't he? Rachel Wise. Yeah. Sheila Booth was in it when he was a Dew kid. Dewan Husu. The Digimon uh, Houndu, yeah. Gavin Rosdale. Gavin Rosdale's in it. Yeah. And also... Keanu Reeves. <laughs> no, who plays the angel? Gavin Rosdale. No! Tilda Swinton. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the German guy. God, what is his name? I know his name. Why can't I remember his name? here. No, the guy from Arrow, the one who played the the villain in season three at the beginning, he was the guy who used the 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 drug. He's in uh, Last Stand as well. He's the German guy in Armageddon. Oh, you mean um, what's Come his on, name? name? Storm thingy. Peter Stormare. Yeah, he's yeah. Swedish. Peter Stormare. He plays a devil. Fantastic devil. Yeah. In Constantine. Um, anyway, so Doom. Uh, it feels very referential. But it's great. I really enjoy it. It's fantastic. If you've got a PS3 or, uh, sorry, PS4 or an Xbox One, it's an instant buy because you don't have a shooter like this. There's nothing mm. with quite that sense of energy and fun and mayhem. And also yeah. the multiplayer. Instead of being, uh, by the numbers, quite, uh, by the numbers fucking a COD or, uh, or Battlefield where you've got these large maps, nothing going on or a lot going on, or you've got smaller maps and there's just chaos and speed and you don't know what's quite happening. Um, you've got these maps, they're smaller, medium size maybe, a um, lot of movement, a lot of energy, you've got demon mode where like someone can pick up a demon power up and then all of a yeah. sudden they're like a demon. That can make it a little bit, uh, it can change the balance a little bit because if the same team gets a demon twice, it's going to throw the balance right off, but for the most part it works fine. Mm. Works fine. Um, but I'm a massive fan. Instantly in love with it. I can't put it down. You saw me playing yeah. it earlier. I keep going back to it. I'm playing on the hardest difficulty you could start from the beginning, which is like ultra violence. Um, and I will yeah. play it again on ultra nightmare. I'm, I'm sure the people. hardest difficulty is called Hurt Me Plenty. That's the proper name for the hardest difficulty, isn't it? No, no, that's just DOS couldn't, DOS couldn't program ultra violence. Oh. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> it's a really, really good game. I highly recommend it. Almost mm. anyone can play it. It looks I fucking hilarious to me. It is, yeah, so fucking. I was watching one bit where um, so silly. He's listening to the doctor on some iPad-looking screen thing, and yeah. just throws it yeah. <laughs> when he's done with it. I like the fact that um, a lot of stuff, like things like um, 
things like power-ups for your armor come from mm. little chips like yeah. a USB key that you take out of other people's armor yeah and the way you get it is you just you pull it out and there's a little spray of blood and then you look at it and you go ah done it's <laughs> <laughs> just throwback shit like that mm. for everyone you get you're like ah yeah done I think it should be a bit where you just plug it in, plugs it in the wrong way around, just turn it around and put it back in again. That'd be quite funny. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a nice function when you get an upgrade, like you can get a weapon upgrade, and it just mm. adds like an upgrade path to your weapon. Yeah. Um, to get that, you have to you have to find these like little floating drones, mm. and you grab the box and then you punch the drone. <laughs> like, like fine, whatever. I'm into this, it's you know how um you know how Duke Nukem got it so wrong. Yeah. Got it so wrong, like the level of masculinity mixed in with what was happening. It just went overboard on the sort of. Saints Road did a better job of Duke Nukem than Duke Nukem did. Yeah. <laughs> this does a nice job of being some of the references to the 90s whilst also bringing it into the, the future. And it's, and yeah. it's a good game. Really, really fun. Yeah. I really like it. I'm going to keep playing it. Saturn. I'll get it eventually. I want to get it on PC and I might get a PS4 version if I can find it cheap enough. Yeah. But you know me, I want a bottle of disc copy, don't I? Because you're a massive gay. Yeah. It'll go down in price though on disc, because like Wolfenstein's like 15, 10 quid now. If you go find that in town. Yeah, it's only been out for like two years. Mm, I like Wolfenstein. Is the rock in it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I give this to Tom Atkins. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fucking play around with it. I genuinely love this. Yeah. I genuinely love it. I it's refreshing to have a fucking game that's not that's not about fucking some some unknown terrorist xenophobic fucking agenda and shoot the brown people because the brown people have bombs it's it's demons versus man it's man versus hell on earth there's no pseudo religious shit you're not trying to find crosses to fight back against them. you're using big fuck off machine guns because Jesus Christ in this day and age that is about the lord that we did have did you ever play it? the um, Rise of the Triad the new one yes I did yeah that's quite fun it was dumb quite fun it felt like a nice game uh, I have that and I have um, Shadow Warrior yeah, Shadow Warrior. Similar thing. Yeah, there's a new one of that coming out this year. Yeah, Shadow Warrior yeah. 2. Um, I'd like to see a remake of Heretic come along at some point. Hexen and Heretic. Hexen is weird yeah. because it was all wizard stuffs. Yeah. Only one, only, wait, it was only one character. Lichdom that Battle Mage kind of has a bit of a feel of that. Lichdom, ha- yeah, but it's more like, that's upgrade trees, isn't it? That's like an RPG, but it's got yeah. that whole you're fleeing. Yeah, you fire start as a like certain person, and you can go anywhere you want. Yeah, but as, and most of your spells are. But like, Hexen had you picked a character type. Yeah, you weren't working through, but it was like your you, it was less defensive spells, more offensive. It was all about launching fireballs and lightning and shit on, like that. I had Hexen on CD. Nice. I used to play on PS One. That's why I played. it. That's why I had it on yeah. two discs. Yeah. Back yeah. in the day. Back in the day. Yeah, and then Heretic came along using Hexen the Quake engine. The Heretic. Yeah. And then you had Blood. Blood 2. Nice. I know my video games. We're going to get a remake of Redneck Rampage. <laughs> Next review, Ed. Right, I suppose I should review the last thing then, shall I? Oh, yawning, so yes. Yeah, okay. I'm going to review a little game that no one has heard of. Tetris. Yes, Tetris is a great game. It seemed to be a movie. Pong. Yeah, and Pong. That'll be a movie one <gasps> day. You're going to review the Adam Sandler film. Pixels. Yeah. No. Uh, I'm going to review Uncharted 4. A Thieves' End. Oh, wait. I thought you were going to review Uncharted 1 and then Uncharted 3 and then say that it was Uncharted. No. But Uncharted 4 has come out like a week and a half ago. Two Is weeks it ago. 3D? Um, it's, it's not got 3D mode on it. It's not 3D functionality. No, no. Are you sure? Yeah. The old ones the did on PS3. But um, it's it's excellent. I really like it. Like, oh. Maybe my favourite Uncharted game. What? Um, They've, what they've done with the game, the only real 
significant upgrades to it is there's nothing that's revolutionary going on. It's just like a masterclass in how to do everything really well. And that's why I quite like it. Like the levels now, a lot of them, they sort of branch off a little bit. It's not like you've got multiple like pathways that will lead to different things. They all pull together into the same location. But when you're climbing now, you'll see like a whole bunch of different paths you can go to get to the same place, which makes the climbing a little more interesting. Um, and the climbing's been enhanced with a grappling hook that you can sort of launch, or, you know, throw yourself off of a wall and hook the grappling hook on something to swing around it, stuff like that. And it's very good at giving you an idea when that's a good time to use it. Yeah. Um, it's got other uses, like pulling things down. You can pull crates with it and things. Um, a few more physics-based puzzles. Like in Tomb Raider. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's kind of got a bit more of the physics stuff, physics stuff going on. But the game, like, has some brilliant, beautiful locations. I'd probably say it's the best-looking console game so far. Bloodborne. It's fucking insane. It's better looking than Bloodborne. Bloodborne's, no. Bloodborne's got, like, muddy textures and stuff going on. But right. it's part of the look. It's gothic and all this Bloodborne. dirty stuff. But this game is, like, ridiculous. I believe you. I see a copy of Skylander's Trap Team there. and uh... Well, I mean, that is a gorgeous game. But, um, I mean, the figures look lifelike on Skylander. Um, but I'll tell you one thing that I really loved on the game. Because you get a wind. There's a bit where you've got a truck and you're driving around Madagascar and you have to go up to these different places. There's hills you have to go up, but they're a little bit too steep. So what you have to do is get the hook off the truck and pull the winch up and attach it, wrap it around a tree so you can pull yourself up the slope. Um, there's one bit where you go up the slope and you sort of winch around to the tree, but there's like a rock that gets in the way. Yeah. So you have to go around the rock and winch the hook on. When you go back to the car, you start pulling yourself up the slope. The rock starts getting dislodged by the weight of your car and it rolls down the hill and you have to swerve the car out of the way of it and then the car gets swung off around the edge of a cliff <laughs> and you're hanging from the trees. The tree's like pulling away and you're on the car trying to drive it up and climb up to yeah. free yourself. Um, That's pretty cool. Like Sequences like that are brilliant. It doesn't have like... It throws these big set pieces at you, but they never feel too big. Like, they're nicely done. There's one with a crumbling building. The building's collapsed sideways, like, over a gorge, and you're trying to make your way across it while it's falling apart. Um, but it's like, it doesn't have anything as over-the-top grand as the finale to Uncharted 3, which had a fucking pyramid sinking into a friggin' sinking sand with platforms falling all over the place that you had to jump across. Mm. Um, it keeps it a bit more grounded. And this is the first Uncharted game that doesn't have any allures, allusions to supernatural stuff. It's like a really grounded story. And it tells a story about like two brothers who have been ripped apart at some point and now they're sort of trying coming to together. come together. Yeah, but there's still some shady goings on. Um, the villain of it reminds me of Jake Gyllenhaal a hell of a lot. Like specifically Jake Gyllenhaal in Nightcrawler. He's got this gaunt, skeevy looking look to him. Where he just makes you feel a little bit repulsed by looking at him. Almost like where you'd expect like a businessman who's been sent to the jungle. Looks where like. he's like a millionaire who wants to find Avery, the pirate Avery's treasure, so he can make a name for himself. He's really bitter about the fact that all the money he got, he got given to him. And he wants to prove that he can earn it himself. Mm. But he's like completely on the wrong side of the law. Um, hires a military to do it and kills loads of people and all this sort of stuff. Um... But there's some beautiful stuff in there. There's a sequence early on where um, you're walking around your house, like Drake and Elena's house, because he's quit. You know, at the end of Uncharted 3, he's all like, no more this yeah. bullshit. Um, you're walking around your house, and you like there's all the little treasures you picked up over the years that you can look at. Um, and he picks up a dart gun at the end, and suddenly the music kicks in for a battle, and you can dive behind cover and shoot targets with a dart gun. <laughs> and it's like, dum bum 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 like that. Um, and then you go downstairs, and Drake and Elena have a sequence where they're arguing about 
well not arguing but they're talking about who's going to do the cooking and all this sort of stuff and what's going on in their day jobs and all this and there's occasionally a little bit of dialogue you can type in yeah to do it um, but then in order to decide who's going to do the dishes Drake challenges Elena to one of her video games where he's going to beat her high score which is Crash Bandicoot yep yeah and I kind of think I don't think they used the ROM of Crash Bandicoot I think they recreated the original Crash Bandicoot with the Uncharted engine something felt a little bit off about the collision on it to me and I know that original Crash Bandicoot game Inside Out <laughs> but it it's really cool that you're sitting there with a TV screen it boots up you get the Playstation start yeah. going, it takes a proper loading time yeah. and such yeah. and it's a Playstation 1 and it makes you go hmm yeah. a little bit big shocking revelation that can come from all this if you're, if you're clever but um, what the Playstation 1 games can run on the PS4 no they're using a the PS1 but it's weird why are they using a the PS1 because it's in the past yeah but they've got like current mobile phones and shit <laughs> it's using a friggin maybe it's set in the past and maybe something else gets set in the future maybe she just has an old Playstation 1 so wait are you <laughs> trying to say that this is linked to all the other Naughty Dog games and there's hints that this is part of the Last of Us universe no 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 it's just weird it's just an odd little thing that she still has a PS1 but there's she a she might just be a gamer geek she, yeah. she you know she but there's, a, there's they stuff they collect treasures she might collect games yeah maybe but um, it's a really 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 well made game Beautifully designed, gorgeous graphics, friggin' really, really good performances from all the actors. And no cutscenes stick around too long, but they manage to, like, they don't feel like the cutscenes are there to tell you what to do next. They're there for character interactions. Um, there's, like, optional, optional conversations you can kick off and stuff like that as well. And it's just beautiful to explore. And you get, like, open area sections every now and again, like where you're sailing a boat around. Yeah. Which is really cool. Um, if I have any criticisms I'd say the opening part of the game like the first couple of hours it takes a little too long to get to the point um, you have a bit where you're playing young Drake and young Sam escaping from an orphanage like running away along the rooftops which is obviously your climbing tutorial Yeah. but the next section after that could have served as a climbing tutorial as well because it's a very similar thing where you're just running around jumping to escape from stuff so yeah I suppose it's teaching you to escape faster but um yeah, it's but after that it's smooth sailing. One of the most well-paced games I've played. I've heard that the last, uh, the last, the last third of it are a bit. Oh no, sticky. it's brilliant! It's superb. Really? Yeah, I loved it. I've heard a lot of people say that it just it seems to drag on last third. No, well, it's the second half of the game is pretty much I'd say set on one location, yeah. but it's a huge location of shitloads of caves and islands and friggin' or one area of the country anyway of the world anyway. <laughs> Not really necessarily one location. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I obviously I haven't played it yet. When I mm. play it, I'll review it. But I haven't it's, got around to it yet. Superb man! It's a big game as well. It took me about sixteen hours to get through. Really? Maybe fifteen, sixteen thereabouts. But um, really nicely made. I loved it. I haven't played any multiplayer yet because PlayStation Plus I don't think is worth buying this month. So, or right now, I only subscribe. It's not worth. I don't think PlayStation Plus is worth subscribing to all year round because the games they give you for free aren't that great and. Does anyone really play online multiplayer, you know, obsessively anymore? It's not a novelty anymore, is it? It's like it's just a thing that's there. But um, yeah, excellent game. Give it scores. Scores upon scores upon scores. Yeah, all the scores. Uh, making it rain on Unjoyed Four. Mm. That's our episode. Oh. it's four four things each. Yeah. 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 All right. I view the most important stuff. Clearly. Yeah. So, you've been listening to, if you didn't know already, Critapocalypse. 
This is episode 42. My name's Matt. You can find me at Critapocalypse. And I'm speaking you told me you were Pat Sharp. You fucking liar. <clears throat> Pat Sharp's my dad, you cunt. Oh. That lovely dulcet tone you heard in the background there was at at LV54 Space Monkey. Or the film dump. No, nah, film dump was pretty much shut down. Pretty Mellow much Gaming. Now. Mellow Gaming, yeah. yeah. You can find us anywhere that the internet's involved. If you need to speak to us, Twitter again, it's at Critapocalypse and at LV54 Send Space news. Monkey. What? Not to me, please. I'm happily in a relationship. I don't need your nudes. <laughs> but Anne clearly wants them so what about colours like nice patterns and shades I thought you meant just dick pics well you know if you've got a dick pic spare there is that game out where you, could, where you take dick pics in a mirror alright so this has been episode 42 once again my name's Matt this is Ant. hope you have a great week bye goodbye bye 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 I love you I love them all <laughs>